Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. My name is Dustin and I'll be your host today. And on today's show, if you have been keeping up with the Culture Jack podcast, if you've been listening to our episodes over the course of the last week, you'll know that yes, I am here to continue our coverage of E3 2021. Now, of course, this shouldn't come as a surprise to you unless maybe you were just listening through a a random assortment of our podcasts on some streamer that allows that functionality. Uh, But most likely, you saw the title, you clicked on it, and you pressed play. And here we are. Uh, I've got, yet again, my shoe off. I've taken my, my camo jacket off. Now, there's a thing about camo jackets. There are a certain number of assumptions that you could make about a person based on their decision to dress themselves up in camouflage in perhaps what some would consider maybe not a rural or forest setting, or or I guess whatever biome you choose to hide yourself in, be that uh, a snow biome or a, a desert biome or, or perhaps a, a plains or, or wooded area biome. I'm not going to say what those assumptions are because I don't know my assumptions of a person wearing camouflage apparel may uh, differ from yours. Your mileage may vary depending on your experiences with people that have been wearing camo or if you even knew that you had those experiences with those people that were wearing camo. Regardless, I have my shoe off again. Now, I've mentioned this in a couple episodes so far. I have my left uh, shoe. I removed it. At the end of my day, it it feels nice. Let me tell you, why not remove the right shoe as well, Dustin, you might be asking. Well, the answer is simple. I rolled my left ankle and removing my left shoe at the end of the day feels very, very nice. I suppose removing my, my right shoe would feel well, good, and good. it would feel all right also, but Perhaps that's just not the aesthetic I'm going for. That's not the mood I'm trying to set, and it's not the atmosphere that I'm trying to concoct. I've got a a cup of water, and I'm ready to talk about the show. This has been the longest, most bizarre introduction that maybe I've had to a show to date. Maybe not. So uh, as as it goes uh, for this E3 2021 coverage, uh, we've decided to end it. Not today. We're going to do this show. We're going to have one more show that covers kind of the smaller showcases that happened. Capcom, I think Bandai Bandai Namco had one. If there's anything neat that we thought needed to be explained or talked about from the future game show and then the PC gaming show, we'll include those as well in the next episode. So it's going to be this one, one more episode about showcases, and then Anthony and I are going to come back at you with a compilation of our reactions to E3, like what we thought, you know, were the best showcases, the best games, things that maybe we expected to happen at E3 that did not, and things that we might expect to see at next year's E3. (sighs) So (laughs) for this show, I I am going to talk about two different showcases. Uh, We had on Thursday... So yesterday we had another Xbox showcase and basically this was just an extended showcase that gave you a little more in-depth on some of the things that they went in on on Sunday 
And then also I'm going to be talking about the Nintendo showcase that happened on Tuesday. All right, so uh, to get started with uh, Xbox, like I said, they had an extended event on Thursday after what I can only consider an absolute banger of a Sunday show. That showcase was amazing. Uh, And Anthony did cover that on, I think, Monday was when that episode aired. So if you did not check that one out yet, uh, after you're done here, go back and check out that episode because there were a lot of games that were showcased in that presentation. I mean, they had, just to name a few, Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite, Back for Blood, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Psychonauts 2, The Ascent, Starfield, Outer Worlds 2, Redfall, Battlefield 2042, Stalker 2, Sea of Thieves expansion, Atomic Heart replaced Somerville. I mean, they had a lot. There was a lot going on at that showcase, not to mention the incredible slew of games that are Xbox exclusives now uh, and all of the first day one releases on Game Pass, including a lot of those third-party games. The The thing that really cracks me up is like Outer Worlds 2 is going to be... Outer Worlds 2 is going to be a Xbox exclusive. Starfield is going to be an Xbox exclusive. And I wouldn't have said it before because there was a lot of chatter online. There were a lot of people talking online about the potential exclusivity of games like Fallout, established titles, established RPGs that have traditionally appeared on both Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Games like The Elder Scrolls. And these are games from Bethesda, uh, specifically, that I'm talking about. Uh, Games like Elder Scrolls that have traditionally been on both consoles. And people have been saying, the fandoms, especially the fandoms over in the PlayStation side of things, have been saying, oh, well, Bethesda surely will keep those titles as multi-platform titles. That the next Elder Scrolls game and the next Fallout game are definitely going to come to the PlayStation as well. And while I wouldn't put it past Microsoft and Bethesda to do maybe a timed exclusive and eventually put out the next Elder Scrolls, the next Fallout on a console like PlayStation, by them putting Starfield out as an Xbox exclusive, by Xbox and Obsidian putting out The Outer Worlds 2 as an exclusive, where previously uh, Obsidian's Outer Worlds was a multi-platform game. It makes me feel like the next Fallout, the next Skyrim are going to be Xbox exclusive. And all all of and I I don't mean to <laughs> and we're going to talk about Nintendo in a second, but I don't mean to to swim in the bountiful te- the tears of PlayStation fans, but for for years PlayStation fans has, have been saying, you know, Xbox has no exclusives. They're terrible. They're awful. You got to get a PlayStation for it. It's kind of nice to see that some exclusives are coming to Xbox now, especially after this acquisition of Bethesda and many other uh, e- e- Xbox acquisitions. Uh, okay, so a lot of third-party games coming to Game Pass on day one as well, like we said. Forza Horizon 5 
they did a, a, a pretty extended feature about Forza Horizon 5, which is done by Playground Games, which if you have not been paying attention to the buzz around this industry, Playground Games is the developer who are going to be making Fable. Uh, and it, it was mentioned by a host in another podcast, I think maybe Xbox Unlocked or something along those lines, that many of the trailers that we saw during the showcase on Sunday, uh, there was not a lot of gameplay. There was a lot of tone setting and just kind of the, those revelations that, hey, yes, we are going to be getting we are going to be getting some games on this console. There are some implications to be had with Halo being free to play and some hope, some scattered hope across the Internet that some of these other large first person shooters, especially style games are going to to follow that lead. And I'm talking, you know, the the Call of Duties and the Battlefields and of course, you know, games like Halo. And so that'd be nice, that'd be nice to see and of course, there is precedent for that with the these big battle royale games that have come out that have been free to play Apex Legends, Fortnite where you are not charged to get through the door, however, the champagne is quite expensive, right? Uh, there's also one other consideration that I don't know if I, I saw it in this extended showcase on Thursday or if I read it online, but xCloud could be bringing games for this next generation, the Series X and the Series S, to the Xbox One. And so it's not something that we have we've really seen in this industry before in gaming that we've talked ad nauseum about backwards compatibility, being able to play those old games on, from those older consoles on your newer generation console. And what a wonderful job that Xbox and even PlayStation has done in facilitating your ability to play those games from those older generations. However, there has not really been a precedent besides multi-generational games where you say, yes, you can play this game on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, or you can play this game on Xbox One or Xbox Series without, you know, it's just a, a down-resed or up-resed version of the game depending on which system you're playing it on. But this really feels like the first true step in forward compatibility, wherein you'll be able to just boot up a browser and bring up the xCloud and allow the servers for xCloud to do the work for the games that you want to play in the next generation, but maybe because you don't have the the capital to get a next generation machine or you haven't been able to find one because they have been very scarce this gaming generation for both PlayStation 5 and the Xbox series. So how amazing would that be to immediately increase your fan base by that of a previous generation of consoles as well, without having to down-res your games just to make them work on that previous generation. I mean, you increase your install base for games exponentially. And not to mention, if those games too are also available on Game Pass, what a value proposition for those Xbox One owners that are still chugging along. It's a perfectly fine system. It works perfectly well. And if it can play the new games, you don't have to be in a rush to get an Xbox Series. 
and maybe the games won't look quite as good, but you will be able to play them. Uh, of course, there's always the latency issues that come with that. Like how how well is it going to time that that button press with the characters jump on screen? I, I mean, I guess that's to be seen. However, from what I've heard, they have made a lot of leaps forward in it. But that's that's really all I wanted to talk about about that Xbox showcase. Um, more of the same stuff. And like I said, Anthony had a great episode on Monday. So go listen to that if you want to hear more about these games that I mentioned and other other ones as well. Did I, talk, did I even say Redfall? Yeah, Redfall too, man. Great showcase, great showcase. So I, I guess we're working our way backwards here because I started with Thursday's Xbox Extended Showcase, and now I'm going to move on to Tuesday's Nintendo Showcase where they had their Nintendo Direct, followed immediately afterwards by their Nintendo Treehouse with, with more in-depth conversations with developers. I wish more studios would do this sort of thing because like Nintendo does it right. Xbox did it right where it was an introduction to the games and then some cinematic reveals, teasers, gameplay, and then the next game. And then if you have more information at the end of your showcase, you say, oh, yeah, by the way, tune in in three days and we're going to give you more in-depth looks at these games. We're going to talk to the developers about some of the game design choices around the game, and you don't have to clutter up your showcase. That should be, for the most part, just introducing gamers to the concept, the idea of your game. So, uh, on to Nintendo. Uh, for, for the Nintendo Direct, all I was really looking forward to, or all I was really looking for from Nintendo was more information on Breath of the Wild 2 and maybe a Mario game. Also, this is The Legend of Zelda's 35th anniversary, so I was maybe hoping for a anniversary pack similar to what they did with Mario, whether they put, what was it, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy into one pack, and they, they called it the Mario Super Mario All-Stars or... Super Mario 3D All-Stars, I think. The only thing that I didn't care for about that announcement, about that game, was the fact that it was a, uh, a timed release. So you had, to, you had to get it only within a certain amount of time, or else, you know, it's gone forever. It's not gone forever. It's in their vault. They're going to release it again around Christmas or something along those lines. What would I like to see in a Zelda uh, 35th anniversary pack? Well, this is what it is. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and Wind Waker. I would also substitute Wind Waker for the Twilight Princess if I had to. But really, those three games would be absolutely banging. And, and really, this uh, Nintendo Direct, this showcase, was a very quick one. It was only about a half hour long, maybe 35 minutes or so. Uh, Nintendo always does these digital uh, directs and this is not exclusive to E3. They do them all throughout the year as well. Uh, and they, I love them. They are the most concise showcases. Uh, so they started off the showcase and I knew it right away. Like I, I just felt it in my bones. I've seen this scene so many times in this game. A Ganondorf is being carried to the edge of a cliff. 
Like you see him being held in someone's arms, being carried to the edge of the cliff. Now, so you see Ganondorf, you know, it's it's either a Zelda game or it's a Smash Bros game. And I saw the cliff. I saw the lava below it. And I knew immediately it was Kazuya Mishima from the Tekken series. And he not only threw Ganondorf off the cliff, but he threw several others. He threw, I think he threw Pit off the cliff. He threw Captain Falcon off the cliff. He threw one of the characters from Arms off the cliff. And so he's joining Smash Brothers. And I think Heihachi Mishima may be joining Smash Brothers as well, but I'm not sure yet. Or maybe he, he might be an alternate skin. And I apologize to the listeners of a couple shows ago talking about Kazuya Kazuma, I think is what I called him. But it's Jin Kazama and Jun Kazama, who are the siblings of Kazuya. I'm not sure. No, no. Children of, perhaps. I don't know. Jin's pretty cool, too. But is this finally Tekken versus Street Fighter that we're going to get? I mean, we did get a Street Fighter versus Tekken. I think we did a long while ago, but we never got the Tekken version. We got the Street Fighter version with just Tekkenized characters, uh, but I don't think we ever got the Tekken version with just Tekkenized characters. Or did I say that backwards? You know what I mean. All Tekken version with Street Fighter characters in it. Uh Oh, and then finally, uh, Kazuya went to go throw Kirby off the cliff. And anyone that's played Smash Brothers knows that Kirby is really hard to just fall to his death because he can float. So he threw him off the cliff, and then he looked, and then behind him, Kirby, whoop, 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 floated, floated right back up. Uh, then they announced the Life is Strange remastered collection coming to the Switch later this year. And again, these games look really interesting to me. They're, they're perhaps a little more drama than I care for myself, but interesting games. I think there's, there's also time travel and telekinesis and psychic power sort of mechanisms in the game as well. Uh, and then they announced that Life is Strange True Colors, which apparently is the newest uh, iteration of the game is coming September 10th to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy that was talked about in the Square Enix showcase. Oh, which I haven't talked about on this podcast yet. But anyway, yeah, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy game uh, coming out and it is coming on October 26th on the Switch anyway. I don't recall if the other release dates were dissimilar to that, but it looks all right. Uh, the the Avengers game, the pay-for-play, not pay-for-play, the games as a service model and multiplayer loot em, shoot em style game that that is did not appeal to me, though this is a single-person game where apparently you take on the role of Peter Quill and then you can kind of call in your other guardians to do their super moves to help you out as well. But that's coming on October 26th on Switch. Worms Rumble, which is a real-time shooter. Now, if you have not played a, a Worms game before, basically, Worms is on a 2D platform. Think of it as kind of like an ant farm. So it's very 2D like that. You can see through the middle section of the land and everything else, and you can see where all of, all of the tunnels and the cliffs and the caves and the edges are on the map. And you start with a team of worms 
that you control one at a time, alternating between your opponent who also has a team of worms. As you select your worm, or your worm is selected for you, you say, okay, you can move this worm, you have 15 seconds to do something with him. You move him around, you select a weapon, you select a grappling hook or a rocket or a jetpack or whatever you do, you make a move to try and kill the opposing team. Teams have health bars, and eventually, and this back and forth will reduce, so there's only one team of worms left standing with destructible environments. So it was a turn-based combat game. This worms game is a real-time shooter, so it looks kind of like a battle arena type, not a battle arena, but like if you think of Smash Brothers, you think of those 2D fighting games where there's multiple levels and stuff like that. It actually reminds me of a game that my brother and I used to play on the PC called, I think it's Lero, but it was about worms as well, but it was very, very fast paced. I don't think this is going to be as fast paced, but it is coming out on June 23rd. Then we got uh, a trailer for Astria Ascending, which appears to be a side scroller turn based RPG coming out September 30th. Another trailer for Two Point Campus. We've talked about that in a couple of showcases so far. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Now, I didn't know this was such a big deal, but apparently online there are a lot of fans of Super Monkey Ball. And it is Super Monkey Ball's 20th anniversary. I myself have never played a Super Monkey Ball. I don't know if I will start now, but for those of you interested in it, it's coming out October 5th. Then Mario Party Superstars. This one I'm super excited about. When we first played Mario Party back on the Nintendo 64, there were, for the the uninitiated, Mario Party, you move your characters around on a board game style board, and after you have all moved your characters, you play a series of mini games. And in the mini games, if you win, you get coins, and with coins, you buy stars. Whoever has the most stars at the end of all the rounds well, they win the game. Back on the Nintendo 64, the developers did not think about the fervor in which contestants would participate in Mario Party. There were some games that would have you rotate your joystick, and so some might think that you would rotate your joystick with just a thumb. To those people, I would say you're amateurs, you're newbies. To the hardcore Mario professionals listening, the correct method was taking your palm on the top of the joystick and rotating your entire wrist and arm. This oftentimes resulted in our childlike soft hands some very significant blisters. So we all had like these single weird blisters in the middle of our hands. It was amazing. However, so this game, however, maybe so, listen much. <laughs> it's been a hell of a week. Uh, there are five boards that are coming from the N Nintendo 64 versions and assumedly with all of those games associated with. There is online play available, just like there is the new Mario Party game that came out. Then we finally, 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 finally got a trailer for the new Metroid game. It was Metroid Prime 4, or it was teased as such a couple years ago at E3. Uh, it has been called uh, a, a dead game, a game that was never going to come to life, but it is called Metroid Dread. It is a proper sequel 
to Fusion. And as I learned in some of the developer conversations since, it has been 19 years since the last Metroid title. And this is a proper sequel to the last one. I believe it was called Fusion. And I am remiss because I have not played the Metroid games in a long, long time. But this is coming out October 8th. Then there was Just Dance 2022. And I don't know how excited I can get personally around the idea of a Just Dance game on the Nintendo Switch. I The, the Just Dance games that I've owned, I've owned for the Xbox. And so too for the, the Xbox Connect. And the Connect is a perfect mechanism for playing the Just Dance game. I don't know, like just holding the vibrating controllers in either hand, I don't feel like is as appealing to me as something that tracks and records your dance moves like a, like an, and I almost called it a Nintendo Connect, an Xbox Connect. Uh, and that's a good question. Does Just Dance 2022 support the Xbox Connect? Is it even on the Xbox Connect? I don't know. Or is it just things that have wands and detachable <laughs> dual controllers like the Nintendo Switch? Because I know Xbox itself is not supporting the Connect anymore. They don't even have a port. Like if you want to hook up your Connect to an Xbox uh, One X, you have to buy a, th I think it's a third party adapter to do that. Anyway, the next one is Cruisin' Blast, little racing game comes this fall. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is coming to the Nintendo Switch with a new Power Awakens. It's either a costume set or a separate DLC entirely. It's coming September 24th. Mario Golf Super Rush is coming on June 25th. This game looks like so much fun. I cannot wait to beat my younger brother senseless in this game. And I don't know if you can, but I already have a strategy. Shh, don't tell him. Don't tell him my strategy. Spoiler alert. He already knows. Uh, I'm going to hit his ball instead of mine. <laughs> But I'm going to hit his off into the weeds. I doubt you can do that. That would be too overpowered. Then everyone would be doing it and everyone would just be off in the weeds. All right. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. And there, as they were going through this trailer and they're talking about these monsters that you can, you can train and you can hatch and you can raise, you can teach skills. They kept calling them Monsties, which is the stupidest name. And I just, I wish this game didn't exist based on that name alone. <laughs> Monster Hunter Stories 2 is coming out July 9th, and there is a free demo on June 25th. And then uh, WarioWare Get It Together. And so for the uninitiated, uh, WarioWare was a single-player game for the Nintendo Wii. And on it... You would play these series of very, very fast-paced mini-games. And for my experience with it, we all played these. We took turns playing these games. And so you'd pass the Wii controller uh, to, to one or, or the next, next person. And the, 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 one of my favorite memories with this game is before each one of these mini-games started that were no longer than 10 seconds, they were very quick, the the game would go into kind of an explainer on how you needed to hold the Wiimote because, I mean, this was a, a very gimmicky game for the Nintendo Wii and you'd have to hold it like an umbrella and you'd hold it in front of you like a, a bicycle. But when they did, they would 
put up this this parchment paper, this very seductive, sexy writing, and explain it to you, or they would read the 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 explainer off with a Jack Handy's deep thoughts sort of voice. And so if it was the bicycle, it would say, you know, grasp the Wiimote with two hands as you would when you were first learning to ride a bike. Remember how mother treated you so tenderly as you skinned your knee for the first time. And it'd just be like this real cutesy thing on the way to describe it. So they'd have a title like the bicycle, then they'd have a descriptor and then they'd read it out loud in this very thoughtful, poetic, rainy day book reading sort of voice. And the one that I remember the most, or the one that (laughs) makes me laugh to this day, was the mortar and pestle configuration. So similar to like how an apothecary would, you know, grind up their, their herbal remedy, it would, it said, okay, mortar and pestle. And then the, the thing that it said was, with your right hand, grasp tightly the shaft of the remote. With your left hand, cup the bottom of the remote as you're ready to grind your herbs. And it was just like the most overtly sexual thing, or at least to us, you know, back in 2007 uh, when we played this game. And then the game itself. That was just the introduction, how you should hold the controller. The game itself, when you got into the game, your mission objective was to pound the Wiimote into your bottom hand over and over again to shake up a bottle of champagne. And I am shitting you not. You can look up videos of this on YouTube uh, to spray a golden shower over three very, very flamboyant and excited looking men who, if you completed the task to success, you would spray the golden shower and they would be very delighted in your success. Oh my gosh, it's the funniest thing. Uh, There are two-player options, though, with this game, and it is coming out on September 10th. Uh, Then we had a trailer for Shin Megami Tensei V. Now, I haven't played a Shin Megami uh, Tensei game since the first one came out. I think I played it on the original PlayStation or PlayStation 2, perhaps. It looks like a like an open world RPG and you can get enemies to join your party. So as you go into battle, so you run into a monster, you go into like the, the pre-recorded battle, you know, the final fantasy, the screen warps and here you are, you're in battle. Uh, but instead of fighting them, you can talk with them or you can bribe them and then they can become your allies. And that's coming out on November 12th. And it is a Nintendo exclusive and a lot of these are our exclusive games. I, <laughs> I don't want to think Nintendo is just coming out here and introducing games that, you know, aren't going to be on their platform exclusively. But, you know, things like Mario and Wario, that sort of stuff, you know, Yoshi, whenever he makes an appearance, Zelda, that that kind of stuff is obviously Nintendo. Like there's no no mystery surrounding that. Then there's one called uh Dagan Dangan Ronpa Decadence. It's a murder mystery game, maybe? It's like Ace Attorney, where you gather evidence and you make your case, and it's coming out later this year. It's very anime styled. But then we've got another one. It's kind of a murder mystery as well, but it's got better graphics than Dangan Ronpa. 
Uh, it's called Fatal Frame Maiden of Blackwater. And so that one looks very interesting as well. Uh, then Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods Part 1 is the first expansion for Doom Eternal, at least on the Switch. There might have been more on other consoles, but it was launched on Tuesday after the Direct uh, itself. Then we had a trailer for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. It's coming to Nintendo Switch on June 25th. And I saw some dude on TikTok. He said that someone in his comments had claimed that he could not break, I can't remember what it was, 25 million? A 25 million score on a two-minute run in, it wasn't the warehouse. I can't remember what stage it was in Tony Hawk. It was one of the first competition stages where you go and you have to clear a certain number to get the competition, not like a regular level. But this dude went around the course in two minutes. And for those old school gamers that are listening to the Culture Jack podcast, he got over 50 million points in one two minute run. I was I was awestruck. I thought I did pretty good when I hit like a 20,000 banger. Uh, then there was a preview for Strange Brigade. It looks like a, as I would describe it, a third-person archaeological adventure. Maybe multiplayer? I think it is multiplayer, but it, it launched also on Tuesday after the Direct. So a lot of these came out right away, or at least, I guess at least a couple of them. Uh, Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. We saw this in the Ubisoft Showcase that's coming out in 2022. Uh, then Advanced Wars, number one and number two, Reboot Camp, is coming December 3rd. Advanced Wars is a, a tactical game where you pit soldiers and tanks and artillery against one another and you take turns with your computer opponent or most likely with your real-life opponent. I can't wait to play that, uh, play that with my brother. Uh, then Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity Expansion Pass. Uh, there are expansions in already today, actually, June 18th. There is an expansion that released, something something winter expansion, winds expansion. And then there's one that's coming out in November as well. For all of those Hyrule Warriors players out there. Now, Hyrule Warriors, for me at least, is not something that's super attractive. And this is... Just a reskinned version of Dynasty Warriors. I mean, basically, and they've had all kinds of these Warriors games where it's just a thousand enemies on the battlefield at once and you're controlling different aspects of an army and you have to go as a, a general or a commander within the army to go help out certain fronts on, uh, on this conflict. Yeah, it's just not, it's not something... Not something for me. Uh, then they talked a little bit more about The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD coming this July. I never played this Zelda. Well, and to be honest, I never played Twilight Princess or Majora's Mask or, or finished Wind Waker or played any of the DS games or ever really beaten the original Zelda 1 or 2 or Link's aware, uh, Awareness. Awake? <laughs> awakens. Link's Awareness. That's where he's more socially conscious. He tries not to litter. He doesn't smoke around people that don't smoke. That's Link's awareness. Uh, I guess I'm really not that big of a fan of Zelda after all. I do like a couple of the games, though. The Legend of Zelda also is getting a Game & Watch system. This is big with Nintendo. I think they released another one of these already. Uh, 
but it's got three Zelda games on it. It's got the original Zelda, uh, the Legend of Zelda 2, and the Legend of Zelda Link Awakens. Uh, I wish he would have put Link's Awareness on it. It's got another game that's like the original. It's a, a game where you smash vermins, but in this case, you are skinned as a Zelda. It's got a working clock, a working timer, and you can play these games on it as well. A really neat little device. Uh, put it in your bathroom so your friends can play it while they're on the toilet at your house, I guess. And then, finally, they gave you some more information about Breath of the Wild 2. No title yet, though. They didn't give you a subtitle. We assume it's called Breath of the Wild uh, 2 or some variation on it. They said, though, that the the title would give away too much. But they're eventually going to have to give out the title, like at least a few months before the release. And I was listening to that uh, Xbox podcast, and they were talking about surprise us now or surprise us later. Like it's going to you're you're not going to find out the title when you play the game, or maybe you will. Wouldn't that be some industry breaking stuff? Um, I and I also don't know why they're pushing Skyward Sword so hard. As far as I know, it was one of the most unpopular entries in the series. Um. Maybe Breath of the Wild has a lot to do with that entry. Like, I feel like playing Skyward Sword may be a good idea before this next Breath of the Wild because it probably has some lore that you're going to get caught up on at least. But that was it for the Nintendo Showcase. Like I said, it was a good showcase, not the best. I believe Xbox and Bethesda had the best showcase of E3. But if I had to give the silver medal to anyone else, it would definitely be this Nintendo showcase. All right, I think that's I think that's enough uh, for this episode. Yeah, it's got to be because I don't have another one ready yet. Oh, my. Uh, that's been the Friday show here on the Culture Jacked podcast. Now, if we miss a show, because we are going to miss some, we're not going to get all of them. If we do miss a show and you say, hey, Dustin, Archimedes, Anthony, we want to see this show. Get a hold of us. Get a hold of us on Facebook or Twitter at Culture Jack. That's the name. Or you can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Please, if you enjoyed this podcast episode or you enjoyed any of our other episodes, consider subscribing to the podcast. We put these things out regularly five times a week, but obviously during this week of E3 Madness and Summer Games Fest, we've been doing a lot more. And leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Let us know your feelings. We won't judge you too much. That's all we have for the episode. Please tune in for our other ones, and we'll see you next time.